you are listening to The Dudes, bringing you wall-to-wall coverage of all Mississippi State athletics. Featuring Reflector Sports Editor Tanner Marlar and WMSV Sports Director Cody Blazak. To another episode of the Dudes, alongside Tanner Marler, I am Cody Blazak. Tennessee taking care of the Bulldogs here at home last night, close up until about the first or the last five or so minutes. Rough game for the Bulldogs last night, to say the least. Heat waves by Glass Animals is our little theme of the day. Not really sure it has a whole lot of theme, but it does sound very, very good. It's a dope song. It's a dope song, Cody. Uh, but yeah, either way, Bulldogs definitely m- huge missed opportunity last night for them taking on 19th ranked Tennessee at home. Led the game by three at one point after trailing by 12 in the first half. Just didn't have enough gas in the tank at the end. Made too many mistakes on the offensive end and just could not get it done here in front of their home crowd. Dropping MSU to 12 and two overall at home this season, Cody. Yeah. <clears throat> Home games were a necessity, it felt like, because of their just... Inability to win on the road. Yeah. It it feels like it was an absolute must. And dropping that game hurts. Obviously, we have those four quad one opponents in a row, starting with Arkansas, dropped that in Fayetteville, dropped this Tennessee game here at home. I believe traveling to LSU Saturday. Uh, They will play next game for the Bulldogs will be this coming Saturday against LSU, and we'll talk about that here in just a second. Another huge quad one opportunity. That game tips off at 7, but back to the matter at hand. Cody, there were just some a couple of things that, that you cannot do if you're MSU against Tennessee. One, you shot 61% from the free throw line. That's brutal. And honestly, you shot worse than that if you count uh, missing the front end of a couple and uh, one-and-ones. So on to go with that, you also commit 16 turnovers, which Tennessee capitalized on scoring 20 points off of turnovers alone. I mean, Tennessee ended with, I believe it was 72 points, something like that. I think that, I think the final was 72-63. I mean, that's that's huge. That's just huge. You, you, you cut down on turnovers and you make a few more free throws, and that's a completely different ballgame. Yeah, it's an absolute no-no. Um, you know, it's aggravating because – uh, we've talked just hastily on DJ Jeffries, and he flipped yeah. a switch last night. I don't know what happened, but he, he flipped yeah. a switch, and he played probably his best game in the maroon and white, and we still lose. Garrison Brooks had a phenomenal Another game. Another gem of a game for Iverson Garrison was Brooks. Iverson. Yeah. And we still can't No, win. Iverson was not Iverson. Iverson had a career-high six turnovers. That's just unlike him. He usually takes scoring care of Scoring-wise. Scoring-wise, he was there. But in terms of the ball control 
and ball security. He did not. He had actually his worst game of his MSU career in that aspect. Another player that really kind of struggled in the offensive end and after the game was pretty distraught was Cam Matthews. Few big turnovers there for him. Didn't really provide anything on the offensive end. Didn't have just a phenomenal defensive game, which is what Cam Matthews has to have to stay on the floor. So yeah, just just a just you know your main guys showed up for the most part, you know, except for Iverson, and you still couldn't get it done. It's it's just brutal. It's brutal. And like I said, it all goes back to the fact that that I alluded to earlier in the season. This team refuses to play a a well rounded. 40 minutes there is always and in basketball of course there's always some things you can do better but if you can if you could just be okay at most of the key points of basketball you'll be fine and so far this season in these losses like this and these big games MSU seems to just do too many of the key things badly and that may sound super simple but that's because it is in a way and there's another thing that I want to talk about Cody and before We'll transition after this. After the game, Ben Howland said that Tennessee face-guarding Iverson Molinar in the last five minutes have really kind of threw them off their rhythm. What do you expect? I mean, you're, Iverson Molinar, I still think, is the best point guard in the SEC. Do you, I mean, my high school coach could figure out, hey, we probably need to face-guard that guy here in the in the closing minutes of this one. I mean, what 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 kind of answer is that, man? I know, I know how valuable Iverson Molinar is, and how great of a player he is, and late in games, put the ball in his hand. But you've got four other players on the court, two of them which were hot last night. Shaquille Moore was kind of struggling. Well, he got it going late. Late, but I, I mean, I don't understand why you put the ball in. Iverson's hands every time, and they and they trap you. Well, I, I understand. I understand wanting to get the ball to your best player. I do, but at some at some points, you've got to be able to to play him off the ball. You've got to be able to have some action from for him away from the ball to kind of get that one on one matchup you need with him. And they didn't get it last night. Like I said, dropping the game, seventy two to sixty three. But now to transition into the next game, another big one. MSU on the road at LSU this Saturday. Like I said, tip-off at 7. As Cody said, a huge quad one opportunity, and every opportunity for this team is hugely impactful going forward. What do you think about this game, Cody? Yeah, I think this is, once again, it's a must-win game. I'm so fed up and tired of saying that. But you're not even in the first four out now. You're sitting at spot number six. Yeah. So you're the sixth team out right now. We were number two yesterday. Yeah. Jumped. I, it's a must win. I, I'm going to make – I'll make this simple, and I think everybody knows it, but they don't want to say it out loud. They're going to talk to a couple people, but they won't ever say it in a crowd. Mississippi State makes the tournament this year. We are excited. Mississippi State doesn't make the tournament this year. Ben Howland's fired. I believe so. I, I I really do believe so, and and you know, there are times where you you watch that offense and it's so archaic and it's so slow. And I mentioned to another one of the guys on the beat last night. I said, "Man, you know they 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 really believe in this whole dribble the ball for twenty seconds and then jack up a shot offense." Is what is what it looked like at times last night, and that, that's just not going to get it done, man. 
it's just not going to get it done. And for them to make the tournament, for them to get into the big dance, I'm going to tell you that magic number of wins, and it's 20. I think you get to 20 wins, you make the tournament, whether that is in the regular season or you make it up in the postseason in the SEC tournament. If you finish like you're predicted at 18 and 13, you're going to have to win two games in the SEC tournament to get in. That's just how it is. And right now, I don't see that happening. No, they're going to have to they're going to have to do something special. It's going to take it's going to take something special. I'm not saying it can't be done. We've seen much crazier things happen in college basketball. I mean, this is NCAA basketball. This is going to be March. This is where amazing things happen. It's still my favorite time of year. I'll be watching whether Mississippi State is playing or not. But I mean, it it the road looks bleak. The path forward looks bleak. And if you drop both of these upcoming games, it looks even more bleak. Yeah, it's going to be uh, tough. I mean, these two games, you're going to play Auburn. Or you're going to play LSU and Bama these next two games. Well, correct. Yeah. And then you'll play Auburn your second-to-last game. There's a lot of work to be put in. They are nowhere near a competitive tournament team not at right the moment. Now. And time's running out. You, you've got seven games left, I believe. And you cannot afford a bad loss during that stretch. Eight games, excuse me. Uh, you cannot afford a bad loss during that stretch. You have to win all of the games you're supposed to and some of the ones you're not. If they win all the games they're supposed to... Which would be Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. Missouri twice or Missouri once? Missouri twice. Not, I think they should. I think they should beat Texas A and M. Yeah, I think the argument could be made. You should beat A and M. You have so to. That that's if you win those five, that puts you at nineteen. Puts you at nineteen and twelve. Then you, you said win. was the magic number originally. Yes, if they play well in the SEC tournament, they have to win and the first. They have to win their first game in the SEC tournament if they finish with nineteen wins. But I'm telling you right now. That that back-to-back Missouri game scares me more than any any of the ones you just mentioned, because it's tough to beat a team for eighty straight minutes. It is back-to-back after a road trip like that. Both teams are going to be feeling it, but in that second game, Missouri's going to have home court. Yeah, it's it's it is a tough schedule, but it is not as tough as some SEC schedules. It's not. It's this not. This should be manageable for a team like this. And Will it be? If is it's the not, we'll find out. But anyways. It's gonna, uh, one last thing. Yeah. Ben Howland's job decides on how these next couple games oh, I think he's coaching for his job, and I think he knows that. I think he has to know that. With his With his post-game pressers, you, you still think that? Well, I mean, I, I don't know how you wouldn't know that. He might. I don't know. There are a lot of. There are just some things that are very questionable to a lot of people. I agree. I agree. But now on to the again, the matter at hand. LSU. This is a physical team. This is a team. This is a team that's been struggling. Though. It is. They are not playing their best basketball by any means. Ole Miss went in there and took a win not too long ago, without three of their best players. But it's also a team that knows that if they want to keep their keep their tournament hopes alive, 
they've got to handle business at home. And they're still quad one. Out of their past eight games, they're two and six. Yeah, I mean, they're not playing. They're playing the worst basketball they've played all season right now. Which is, it's a good thing, but it's a bad thing. It is, because they're hungry to turn it around. They're they're either going to continue their drought, or they are going to pour it in on us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's the same, it's it's somewhat the same situation that that Alabama faced when playing Mississippi State earlier in the year, except a home game for the other team. Alabama was on a couple-game skid when they came to Startville, and Mississippi State took their lone quad one win. But uh, for now, I think the Arkansas win earlier will be a quad one. And it's somewhat the same here. You know, LSU has hit a skid. They're not playing their best basketball. So I think if you're LSU, you're looking at this Mississippi State team that is also – not playing their best basketball and hasn't all season and needs to rattle off some wins here. And I think you might be licking your chops. I really do. Because this is a team that, this LSU team is wicked physical, which is something that Mississippi State has struggled with all season. It's a team full of Cam Matthews is what it is. That's exactly what it is. He's got 12 Cam Matthews over there in Baton Rouge, and they are all going to be chomping at the bit, I think, to get a much-needed home SEC win. Yeah, this is definitely and possibly could be the biggest game of the season for Mississippi State. Well, every game is now the biggest of the season for Mississippi State going forward because every one of them matters so much. You, I, You've got to split these games between LSU and Alabama. You've got to, at least, you've got to grab one you ha- at the very least. If if not, you go through that four game skid of losing to four quad one opponents. See you in the NIT. Unless you win the SEC tournament. I'm not sure losing these four in a row, even if you beat Auburn and win the season out, after you get through these four, I, I'm not sure it's enough. It may not be. It very well may not be. I mean it's the quintessential bubble team right now. You know, they can't play well on the road, they play well at home. You typically. All right, we're going we're gonna to jump into baseball here in a second. We're going to do, as always, X-Factors offensive end. What are we looking at after a rough game? After a very rough game. I'm going to say it's going to be the easy pick again, but it's true. It's going to be Iverson Molinar. He's going to have to have a bounce-back game. He's going to have to take care of the ball much better than he did against Tennessee. He, those six turnovers cannot be acceptable out of your number one guy. Yeah, I'm going to take DJ Jeffries. Okay. After the last game, that's after very flipping a switch, I wonder if we're. I wonder if he figured it out. I wonder if we're gonna see. You know, I feel like Memphis. we've had this conversation like three times this season now. But he he he's never had a game like that. He has he's had games where we've like, ooh, maybe he's coming. But you could just the feroc uh the ferocity. Yes, yeah. the ferocity just was different with him. It was. Like, he it was, was there. It, looking at that game compared to other games, it's like. He he mentally he hasn't been here the rest of the season. But last night he was there. It looked like he was all there. So I think DJ Jeffries maybe he'll pop off fifteen again if he does. And then you have another gem of a game from Garrison Brooks and Iverson Molinar cuts down on turnovers. You're going to give yourself a shot. You're always going to give yourself a shot if you can get good production out of your three guys. And let's say Shaq Moore has another bounce back game like he needs at this point. That's huge. Tolu too. Yeah, Tolu's got to have one. But I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll converse about t- 
that issue at a, at a later date. But defensive X Factor, Cody, who you got? Cam Matthews. Yeah, I like that pick. Had a bad game against Tennessee. Yeah, after a rough game, I expect a lot out of him. Um, especially late game scenario of something like this, like last night happens. I, I very well expect him to come through and make the play that needs to be made. I'm going to give you another surprise pick here. You know, we said on the show the other day that we expected Rocket Watch to get a few more minutes, and I think we would have seen him get some more minutes last game if he did not get in foul trouble there early in the first half, got two quick fouls on him. I think if he can stay out of foul trouble and provide a much-needed rest to Iverson and Shaq in this game, I think Rocket Watts could be huge. So I think if he can come in and at least play defense, you know, plug some gaps and you know, hopefully pour in a couple points along the way because Mississippi State also only had six points from the bench last night. Something else you can't have. It, again, it's just going to be huge going forward. So I've got uh, I've got Rocket Watts for my defensive X Factor. We're going to move on to scores in just a second. You know who I want my X Factor to be for Mississippi State, just for the entire team? Who's that? Ben Howland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really Leave do. Leave your players in. Let them get momentum. I'm tired of you subbing everyone every three minutes. Well, you know, he did that again last night. Which with I DJ don't Jeffrey. understand. DJ Jeffries got very hot there. He scored. He rattled off, I believe it was like six points in a row. Had two. Had a couple very, very good possessions. And then he's gone. You, I, which I don't understand. And, and Howland's done this in the past. But I, I want a reasoning. I want an explanation on what his theory is. Like, what, what, what does this do for the team when someone goes off and is hot, and then you take them out, it, there's got to be some psychological thing or something well, that I'll, I'll give. I'll, I'll make sure to ask. I will. I'll make sure to ask because I, I just I'm confused. It, it really hurts my head to think about it because I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I'll, I'll definitely ask because I'm I'm just as curious as you. But now to transition into the namesake scores. Oh yeah, scores, scores. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, I'm going to go LSU by 10. Oh, my Lord. I was going to go LSU, but I wasn't going to go by 10. I'm going by 10. I'll call it I'll call it 9, so just I'm closer if, if it is. <laughs> I feel like we're playing the prices right yeah, right now. <laughs> that's why I did that. <laughs> oh, I'll, take a, one I'll take them by 9. I'll take them by 9. Give me $1. Uh, no, no, that's fair. That's fair. I really, I, I really think that. You know, last night might have been the straw that breaks the camel's back and, and really puts the NIT mindset into these guys. But now, now I hope we're wrong. Fun. Huh? I hope we're wrong. I hope we're wrong. I really do. Maybe we're using reverse psychology like I did all season with the 49ers. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. But baseball, it's almost here, Cody. What is that? Don't you start. <laughs> Don't you. We can't do this again. I can't take five minutes explaining the game of baseball to you again. But it's almost here. It is. You know, the other day we got to talk a little bit about pitchers. I picked Andrew Walling and Jackson Fristo to be the other two starters alongside Landon Sims when we start the season. But obviously starters don't finish the game, typically. Obviously, you're going to have to have some middle relievers, some closers. Cody, who have you kind of had your eye on this uh, this offseason for, for MSU baseball in terms of Who's going to be able to come in and kind of maybe slide into that Landon Sims role, or even just that middle relief role, and be able to be able to, you know, manage things down the stretch in those late innings? Yeah, you know, it's hard to pick just one individual 
player because it is when you have a roster like this team. This bullpen is ridiculous. It's it's yeah, it's very hard to just pick someone. I it guess is. that's the best way to put it. And there's a lot of experience coming back. I, I don't think this is going to be a popular pick. I really don't. I think Sim's successor. I, I Man, think uh, it might. We're not saying he's going to play to the level of Landon Sims last year no, in closing but, spot, but he's going to have to slide in and be able to close out games. I, I think it might be Casey Hunt. I love that pick, actually. I absolutely love that I, pick. I, I don't know who else to put there is the issue. I'll tell you who, I'll tell you who my pick is. Brandon you, Smith? Uh, Smitty. Or, or Preston Johnson. Yeah, I have heard that. The, the lot of see Preston last year came into that World Series and showed, and just the postseason in general, and showed he can go those longer innings, but he can also deliver some really, some really plus power behind I feel his like pitches. Maybe even Stone Simmons. Yeah, no, uh, Stone Simmons, Parker Stinnett is back. Uh, there's several guys that uh, Mikey Tepper. There's several guys that can come in. And be able to close this game, but I really think going forward, one of the rocks out of the bullpen, one of the steadfast guys that you're going to see out of that bullpen this year is going to be Preston Johnson. And here's another reason why: we had um, back in the fall when they were when they were getting ready for fall ball, we had a media availability, and and obviously after the off season, some players go to training and stuff, and they'll they'll work out over the summer and you know play summer ball or whatever. Preston Johnson, I mean, that's a big kid. That's a big guy. He slimmed up over summer, and he is yoked. He he dropped weight. He looks, I mean, he looks like he could go play middle linebacker somewhere with how big he's gotten. I mean, he just looks physically imposing, but I really think that he's going to come along this year and provide a, a much needed and necessary, you know, presence out of that bullpen and I think there's going to be several other guys that do it it's not just going to be him alone because like we said earlier this pitching staff is so deep I mean it's ridiculous but for sure some things to watch and now to transition to the other side of the ball though the other side of the field hitting obviously no Rowdy Jordan no Tanner Allen this year who's your who's your lineup right now Cody I know my number three is Kellum Clark you got him at third. I like. I mean, I don't dislike that pick. I, I don't think it's a popular pick, but I think it's a very reasonable pick. I don't dislike it. I, the kid had, what was it seven or eight bombs and yeah, no, like I, what sixteen games of play last season? Yeah, I, the kid can hit, uh, and he's a sophomore. All right, what if we did this? What if we do this? We've got about ten minutes left. What if we give our quote unquote the dudes starting lineup right here? Who have you got in center? Uh, who who have we got in center? I'm putting Braylon Skinner, or or the the kid out of UAB. Where did Braylon Skinner play last season? Was he right field? He was in left. Left. Well, it's either him or the kid out of UAB. I'm gonna say actually no. I'm gonna go back who, to the Jess kid. Jess Davis. Yeah, Jess Davis. I'm gonna go. Actually, I'm gonna go Jess Davis. Let's uh, let's let's make this simple for ourselves. Actually, we'll pick th- three outfielders that we think are be out there. Okay. Center, left, and right. We'll make give us up. a headache. All right. So Berlin. We're gonna have to pick four. Why? Just because? Because there's too many good ones. No, we gotta pick three. <laughs> there's too many. Because that's not ones. a lineup. But then. there's too many good. All ones. All right. So we got Braylon Skinner. Yeah. Jess Davis. Yeah. 
Kellen Clark. Kellum Clark. Brad All right, there Cumbus, it is. Brad Cumbus is in there too, though. That's the thing. You don't That's put you don't put Brad Cumbus in over Just Davis. I, obviously not in center, but I think you can make the argument for being put in over Braylon Skinner, who was last year. So put Braylon Skinner in center and Brad Cumbus on one of the sides. No, you put Brad on one side, Kellum on the other, and Jess Davis in center. You put Braylon Skinner in center. No, I put Davis. Why? Because I think the kid's got a monster bat. I think that I think that Braylon Skinner's steal won us whatever game it was. He last did, season. but you can plug him in at base runner. Right? But this is this is amazing that we're having to have this argument with so many talented players on this team. It is insane. All right, so we're gonna we're, we'll call that our four. yeah our, our I, I group mean, of outfielders that we think you'll see insane. This is gonna this is gonna be a lot of a lot of different players, isn't it? This might have been a poor choice. This is gonna hurt our heads, is what it's gonna. It do. is. It is. All right, who's your who's your middle infield? We'll we'll keep this one simple. All right, I'm gonna go. Catcher, real quick. Right, that's catch. Well, I mean, let's let, that's an easy one. Luke it, Hancock. What? Who do you catcher? have? Logan Tanner. Or, whatever. There are too many. Pl- there's Dude, so I many good players. I can't even remember everybody. Come on, there's so many good players. But put anyway, him there. Put, Logan Tanner at catcher. Yeah, I've got I've got Hancock on first. I can deal with that. Who was our first? But he was our he he closed the season out at first. I, yeah. See, I cannot remember. Well, he's on the well, he's on the roster as a catcher too. He can catch too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cheating. I'm looking at this roster, and I still can't figure everything out. First is a pitcher. All right, your middle infield. Here's my two picks. I've got Lane Forsythe. Yeah. And R.J. Yeager. Transfer from Mercer, I believe. He, in the scrimmage the other day, hit a grand slam that I think landed in the center, uh, the Sanderson parking lot. It's been a minute uh, a couple seasons since MSU has had that kind of power. No, Cavadas did it last year. I mean, out of a out of a middle infield player, Scotty DeBrule last year was not a power guy. No, but Scotty DeBrule, I think, was an unsung hero of the World Series. That's C- neither here nor there. Cavadas, that ball yeah, is no, that, still that is going. Still, that is still the that furthest. ball will never be no, found. That is still the the furthest hit ball I've ever seen in Duty Noble. But those are my picks for middle infield. You got Forsyth at short, R.J. Yeager over at second, and then Hancock over at first, Logan Tanner at catcher. Then the easy pick for third, obviously, I think is Cam James. Mm-hmm. I agree. So that mean that makes your batting lineup. If, depending who you start in center, either Braylon Skinner or Jess Davis. Your Left. Why do I feel like we have a lot more power hitters this year? This than is last what I'm year? saying. I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Believe it or not, I, this is part of the the Tanner Long Con of my grand scheme of how this year's hitting lineup is better than last year's. All That's right. bold. I, I genuinely think it is, though. That is bold. I think it is. You've got we. Just, oh. It, it was good to do the show with you because we just lost all of our listeners from that one comment. I'm kidding. Hey, but. hey, hey. No, I think the hitting lineup top to bottom is better than last year's. I really do. I think there's five to six guys on this hitting lineup that could hit ten bombs this year. Oh, I, th- I think Kellum Clark is going to hit, like, oh, I think he might hit that 20 more. Jesus, that's a bold prediction, but I like it. You had, he including the World Series and all those games, it was like 16 or 20 games. He had eight home runs. Yeah. He played 50 games in a season. He can easy hit 20 Okay, with, but, with if you look at it compared to last year. Okay, but Hunter Renfro also never hit 20. 
Hunter Renfro hit like 16 in a year and was probably was of course that was with who says Colin Clark's not better I mean maybe he is at the plate that's to be determined that was Hunter Renfro also did it with without the flat lace balls so either way either way that leaves Jess Davis or Braylon Skinner batting leadoff depending who you put at center then either Brad Cumbest or um oh no you can't I think you could back Cumbest at two if he's starting. I don't think you back Clark at two. Uh, Clark Clark's got to be your three or four. We'll see four. I've got Logan Tanner. I've got I've got Logan Tanner batting cleanup. I, Third, I've got Cam James. I think that is I, I, you could bat R.J. Yeager second, and then you've got wicked speed in the top three with Logan Tanner coming to the plate to bat those around. I, I think you have to have Clark in your top three. Uh, see, Clark would be my fifth. Clark's my fifth. Heck, I'd have him in there over Cameron James. At, at the three spot? Yeah. I, I just don't know. I think Cam James is a guy that can hit 13 to 15 bombs this year. No, maybe. Well, yeah, I, think he hit 10, I think he hit 10 last year. I know, but... the. He's we call also them bombs. They 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 got over the wall by a centimeter. But they still go over. And again, I he mean, was a, he was a true freshman last year bre- as well. I know, but they're breathtaking balls that you're like, oh my gosh. But he he was also a true freshman last year. I think Cam James is generally one of the best talents. Who else was a true freshman last year? Okay. Okay. There were plenty, but Kellum Clark is a massive tower of a man but so is Brad this is the thing man it's it's so crazy that we're having to have this conversation with so many guys that could literally go anywhere else and be the team's like best player the uh, there's so much just pure hitter pure finesse and pure power that we have in the lineup it just it's so hard to distribute where you put it is it is and that's why that's why I say again I think pound for pound, top to bottom, this is going to be a much better hitting lineup. Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan were phenomenal. They were great. Possibly two of the best. The thing is, not everything, hitting isn't all about getting bombs. It's about getting on base. No. And these power hitters want bombs. Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan knew I ain't hitting a home run every time. Well, Cam James also knew that. Cam James is a great hitter. Yeah, and then when he tries to hit a home run, he barely hits it over. But he doesn't, he had a great, he had a very good average last year was a very good hitter i mean rj yeager is the same way rj yeager's got home run power but he doesn't try to hit home runs this is a team that wouldn't surprise me if they had more home runs than last year's team but their batting average was lower you think i mean that would that's shock something me. that wouldn't surprise that me. would not shock me that would that personally wouldn't shock me because when i mean you it's say, a, when you say better hitting team i i think i think average I think the average from last year will be better just because they had hitters. They know how to get on base. Yes. We have hitters. They don't want to get on base. They want to go around but that's all the, the but bases. But that's the game now. That's the, that's, that's the game now is, is the long ball. The long ball is, is reshaping college baseball, and I personally think it's for the better. I think it, uh, in terms of you know fans, in terms of people watching. But either way, uh, after that, I've got Kellum Clark at the fifth spot. I've got Luke Hancock at the sixth spot. Oh, then it gets, then it gets tough. Uh, I probably put Brad Cumbest at the or Braylon. Uh, oh God, 
I'd probably put Brad Cummins at the seventh spot. Oh, whoever else at the – or I put my DH at my eighth spot and then put Lane Forsythe in my nine hole. I think I could live with it. Yeah, I, I think, think it's I a very it. livable lineup. I don't know. It'll be uh, – it's going to be a fun baseball season. Oh, my gosh. What are we, seven days away? We're eight. Eight days away right now. Today's the 10th. First game is the 18th. It'll be a, it'll be a grand time. Oh, Opening day is always fun. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to talk sure enough baseball on this show. The champs you, you have no idea. come back to a new season trying to defend last year. It'll be a ball this season. Speaking of the champs, the Atlanta Braves bringing the World Series trophy to Duty Noble on May 7th. Yeah, that's that's happening. I think Joel Coleman may may cry. I, I may think cry. I may cry. I may <laughs> cry. I'm excited. Can you get a picture with both trophies? That's what I'm saying. Could we get a picture with both trophies? Like, like, like it'd be cool if you had a couple people, but like, if you hold them both. Yeah, if you're like holding them both, that's dope. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, exactly. Uh, it's uh, look. It's a beautiful day. I'm ready for baseball season. I'm so ready for baseball season. I love basketball. But oh, I'm ready to be back in the dude. Yeah, it'll. Oh, I'm excited now. Like like we weren't excited before. Yeah, it'll be a fun one though. That'll do it for us today here on the dudes. For some reason, I almost said hot takes. That's tomorrow. But that'll do it for Tanner and I on the dudes. For Tanner Marler, I'm Cody Blazak. We'll be back with you next week. The proceeding was a WMSV production.